Hey everybody, one of Scotland's finest opening the show there. That was Razor Sharp, Death Blizzard with their new single, Suicide. Razor Sharp, Death Blizzard are no strangers to the shores of Ireland. They've toured here a fair bit and they were due to come again over the last, I suppose, last month or so. And um, as usual, everything is cancelled. Fittingly enough... The name of their new album is The World Is Fucked. And that is coming out on the 17th of July this year. Shout out to Jamie and the lads there. It is a super single. And if you have seen RSDB live, you will be counting down the days for them to return and see what they do best, which is deliver chaos into the pit and heaviness that has to be seen to be believed. So catch you soon, hopefully. So next up is the Elder Druid interview with Jake, Greg and Brian. And once that interview is finished, I am delighted to say Rupturation will be playing us out with their new single, Fracture, purveyors of fine death metal from Northern Ireland. So shout out to Shane, Jordan, John and Luke. Be sure to check out Rupturation on BigCartel.com. They have some really cool t-shirts. And um, hats as well there and patches. Here is the immense Golgotha from Elder Druid. And thanks again, lads, for appearing on the show.
And we are live. This is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Elder Druid. And I have Greg. How are you, Greg? Very good. Jake? Very good. And Brian. Oh, I'm the best. Like, Yeah, you look the best anyway. <laughs> <laughs> What's the crack anyway, lads? Just hear more Brian, like... Yeah. <laughs> Just locked down. It's on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's fucking mad. It's Sunday. It is. <laughs> You're dead right, <laughs> man. Thank you for that. The bins go out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the days kind of fucking blend, don't they? Fucking sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. Are you all um, working, lads? Or are you just fucking... I'm in the s- bar. So we'll be the last open. The bar. Okay. Not, not yeah. jury bar. Too many John Grisham books. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm I'm still on work and Jack's still on work, like so I we have the ability to work from home, thankfully. So we're still keeping busy enough, like Yeah. yeah it's, it's a it's a weird situation to be involved in. I know, yeah. What about you, Jack? You're in tonight, yeah? I it's, it's it's been pretty much the same kind of thing for me because I've always been working from home for the last couple of years. So it's it's not much different. It's just a bit annoying that everybody else is having to do the same thing. Like especially bars, like you can't work from home. You can't pull pints in your living room and hand them out to people <laughs> and get paid for it. So that would be oh, great. Nice. So <laughs> yeah. There is guys going around with with um, vans with cakes yeah. set up in the back. Yeah, see that? Yeah, How realistic is that? Like, love and death. The popular cocktail bar in Belfast here has been batching out the cocktails like mad recently. And have, have they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. they've been selling like batched porn star martinis and brambles and making an absolute killing off them. Because people miss it so much. Yeah. You know? And. It's just as easy to throw them 20 quid and get them to bring you around six cocktails as it is to buy all the ingredients and then have the leftovers. Yeah, true. You know? Would you believe the last cocktail bar I was in was up in Belfast? It's the one Which attached one to the voodoo. The one attached to voodoo? Well, Santa Santeria, yeah. Fuck me, man. Oh. It's a good job in there. Like. Jesus Christ, we were delighted, man. Delighted. Yeah. We were in between bands, we were knocking them back like... Yeah, like metal and cocktails. What what some better combination? Could well, you it's for? it's fucking amazing because I've actually started like drinking like Manhattans and Sazeracs on stage whenever I'm oh, playing. Suits you, sir. Oh, suits you, sir. I'm standing with my little five ounce cup feeling like a fucking G just because they have like all the nice glassware and stuff. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Doom really and fun. cocktails. Who would have thought, huh? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Greg says he started doing that. Greg's been doing that since day one. He just make <laughs> them himself in the back and bring them on. You were on the whiskey, I think, when I met you that night, the the, the album launch, Greg, were you? Yeah, man. Yeah, Most probably nights you're probably likely to meet me. I'll be on the whiskey. Yeah. 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 yeah Sam start... down in Fred's. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going, do you want a drink, Greg? And you were going, ah, no, I'm grand, man. I goes, ah, no, I'll get you a drink. What do you want? Uh, double whiskey. I'm going, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> You asked, man. You asked. <laughs> Many others have fallen for that trap as well. <laughs> hey, you're the singer. You can get away with it, man. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, that was that was that was a brilliant weekend up in Belfast, lads. I just me and Helen had such a fucking great time. What a brilliant city you have up there. It is good, man. 
Wow, so even the if the bars, the fucking whole, the whole nightlife, even the grub and everything, it was just fucking terrific. Our downfall would be the one o'clock cap. If we could just... Yes! If we could get that obliterated, then holy shit, this place would be fantastic. You know? Mm. But yeah, I feel sorry for guys coming all the way up and then being told at one o'clock, right, finish your drink, out now. That's yeah. it, folks. Luckily enough, somebody tipped us off. Is there a bar called Kelly's? Yeah, we were in there and somebody said to us, uh, they were just asking where we were from, you know, and I said, Cork, and they were going, well, you want to drink? I, there was a rugby match on the same weekend, actually. That's what it was. And they just said, you, you want to get in an order there because they're shutting up at one. I was there. Nah, hardly. And they were going, yeah, one o'clock. I was there. fuck, you know, panic yeah. straight away. Yeah, I felt bad for God alone that night because they they were on stage about. Oh no, sorry, that wasn't the album launch. It was uh, Cripple yeah. Riff back in December, okay. and they only only arrived like drove from. They're all from Cork, right? Yeah, think yeah. They arrived about ten o'clock, went on stage about half ten, and then the whole thing was over at one. <laughs> so like, imagine doing the, the the distance from Cork to arrive at half ten play maybe see two three more bands and then have to split they, they headed home today yeah yeah they did i okay. i didn't stay up that night mm. those lads are they're they're terrific you know did you get a a chance to talk to them or meet them yeah i we, we chatted to him we played with him before in in february i think that was the first time we played with him okay. and it was daniel who kind of fills in for us sometimes and is now a, like an honorary member of the band and um, he turned us on to Godalone just before that gig in Dublin. Right. He was like, seriously, it's one of the best bands we've ever seen. And he was right. Like, the wee man came, like, at the end of the set, threw his bass into the crowd. Yeah. The, the most legitimately yeah. cool thing well, I've ever seen. Whenever I heard that. Daniel say, oh, they're one of the best bands I've ever, I've ever heard or seen, and they're not even 18 yet, you can't scoff at them. And then it's yeah. fucking right. You yeah, I don't see them, and you want to quit immediately. Like you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to play anything anymore. Brian, especially you on drums. What do you think of Jack as a drummer? Oh, he's ridiculously talented. Like ridiculously mm. talented. Like I said, like I said, I'm watching him, just being like, I've been playing nearly longer than you've been alive, and <laughs> I am half that level. Like it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. The kid's so ridiculously good. I I think. They have so many different influences and like anytime I meet, I meet them or anytime you see them on Facebook and stuff, they have new material and you know, it's just, I'd say they've probably had a guess, probably a hundred, 120 songs just stacked. Yeah. You know, you know and just like, can't get them out, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, it's not even like. None of their songs are easy to like learn no. and write. Like, like to me, that would be a fairly lengthy writing process, and they just have so much there. Like, they all just seem like really musically gifted, intelligent guys, mm. and just like watching them work is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you can tell they've been trained musically. Like, it's the the best product of musical education. Like, there's not most bands you see in Belfast just some some lads who like heavy metal and drinking and they've got to go and figure out how to play yes. instruments. Like those kids are exceptional musicians and you can really see that it is a product of just being trained very well and knowing exactly what they, they want to do. Yeah. 
of course, um, they're in the middle of this fucking crisis now as well. <laughs> and God, excuse the pun, and God knows what <laughs> what they're uh, coming up with. Like, um, I think they've just put a few things up on uh, Facebook. All right, I saw Keen with something as well. Sure, again, like they they could play in any different band they wanted to. You know that it's just ridiculous. Let's get back to you. More importantly, I think you had one of the best years as a band you ever put down. Congratulations. It was absolutely fantastic. I know it's grown to a halt now, but what are your own opinions on the year that you put down? Maybe over to you first, Brian. Brian? <laughs> Greg, from there, like, okay. I'll start. Um, yeah, like, the year, I kind of think we just didn't really plan too much of it. Like, we didn't, like, start the year being like, yes, this is going to be a big year. Like, we just kind of had a lot of stuff going on um, throughout the year. But, like, it was a severely enjoyable year. Like, everything we did just sort of kind of naturally flowed. Like, mm-hmm. from Jeg, like, Jeg organized 99% of every gig we do. Like, he just, he's the front man that takes everything on in terms of uh, responsibility for gigs. Like, he'll just be posting and being like, oh, gig this date, can you just do it? And we're like, yep, let's do that one. If not, we'll try and re- rearrange, do something else. So, like, that's kind of the year just formed through all of these different combinations of things and then being like oh what about another English tour oh what about a bit of European tour as well mm. and like all that just came from Jack and it just built up throughout the year so like we got towards the end of the year and like Christmas time we're sitting there being like fuck that was a lot <laughs> like we did a lot in that year and that was a good year yeah what about uh, you Jake what about the album itself were you happy with it yeah very happy um, it took was it 20 2018, we started 2018, yeah. is that how long it took? Like yeah. two, full year from, yeah, start of January 2018, then we released. Mm. Or no, wait, we released. Well, I met G, I interviewed G. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, met, I interviewed G in August last year, you were down for Monolith, or was it? Or no, or what was the other thing? It was Metal United. United. That's right, yeah. Yep. And you told me that you had it done at that stage, but... Yeah. You just had to, was it master mix it or? Yeah. I, think, I think we were just on the master at that stage. Mm. Yeah. It still took a lot of time. Even even at that stage, we thought we were somewhat finished. And then there were still a lot more things we just beefed up. There was a lot of guitar stuff that we tracked a couple of times. And Greg did a lot of like vocal effects and stuff, like whispers. And we even had Daniel doing like a, a bit of backing vocals in one of the songs as well. And all that stuff was kind of like a last minute, let's just polish it a bit more before we are completely happy with it yeah it was nice taking the time but we definitely could have pushed ourselves to get out a bit faster mm. like I, I i feel i preferred it to the pay for three days and those are your three days because uh i have another band in on monday so you're gonna have to book again in two months time if you want an extra day with me sort of thing yeah like that there was just too much pressure there's pros and cons to doing it that way like obviously we have as much time as as you want to do it but then it takes so much longer just because you're trying to polish mm-hmm. everything and make everything perfect and um how did kind of dale step forward did he do any of your earlier stuff you did one or two demos and a few live stuff as well wasn't it yeah there was live stuff was the attic session yes that's what i was trying to think of yeah but was dale involved was just- in those no, no, not at all. Like, um, 
Dale's always had a really keen eye for that kind of thing, but hadn't really tried it out with any other stuff. Yeah, mainly because his project, but it wasn't. It was his first. Yeah, I think it was. Like, like, he'd done some stuff with like Jodipus, like his other band. They had the the practice space that we now use, so Dale realised that he had access to all this equipment, and those guys just jam and record. So he was in that environment for a long time, and then we thought because they kind of went their separate ways temporarily. The room was free, so we took over the room, and all the stuff was set up. Like, Dale had soundproofed the whole room, like the ceilings, walls, everything. He had loads of gear, loads of mics, and everything. And we were like, we might as well take a year and do this as well as we can, rather than pay someone for three or four days in the studio. Yeah, because I mean, you're not short of options up there as well um, for producers, you know. No. So you kept your costs low then, really, but it was just the length of time it took. Was the uh, the downside? Is that yeah. correct then? Yeah, so it was being yeah. to the end, but it took us probably longer. As Greg says, we probably could have kicked in the gear a bit at some stages and got stuff out a wee bit quicker. But I think if we had done that, the end product, we wouldn't maybe be as happy as we are with it. Like I think the time we spent on it was worth it for what we've finished up with. Out of all the recording process, then you came up with seven songs that made it to the album. How had you any extra ones left over that didn't make it? No, that that was pretty much the the seven we were going for. There was one one song, Sentinel. Um, it became an instrumental. It was kind of cut in half. The original Sentinel had a two or three minute part before where that one starts, and we just decided to cut it in half because the first half didn't really fit the second half very well, and then the second half sounded really good. It's just like a like a, almost like an interlude between. Uh, what's what's it blend into? Into Golgotha at the end, yeah. So it it fit really well into the start of Golgotha. So no, it was Gol Golgotha goes into Sentinel all the way around, and then that goes into Vincer Belmont. That's my favorite sequence. The way he did that, actually, it's a great sequence. You know the way Golgotha ends and goes straight into that sentinel. Oh yeah, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, just reminds me of a band that I don't know. Have you ever heard of them? Hail of Bullets. They're oh. or they're Dutch um, death metal band. But that sentinel, I just went, holy fuck. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, that's like something. Like we use it now a lot when we're opening sets. So like, Greg always likes to, you know, bring a drink on stage with him. So he'll go and get that sorted, and then we'll just kick in, and he yeah. gets heaven as we pleasure entrance and then we usually go from an integral author so we blend it live the other way around that's right yeah i remember you did that in, in belfast remember that greg those days when you used to play live <laughs> <laughs> oh man don't do that to me it hurts so much it hurts so much um yeah just even talking about how great of a year we've had like i didn't want the momentum to stop but it really really has and you know it's gonna be a long time before we're able to like do chock a block gigs every month you know two gigs a month i think that's gonna be because 2020 seemed like like 2019 was building all this momentum and 2020 was going to be yeah it was kind of push it on through and like i was looking at the cover photo we had in the band page of all the list of gigs and there was 12 gigs cancelled yeah over the last okay, man. last few months and a few months to come like we were, there was a obviously the metal to the masses. You were cruising on that, um, but two standout ones for me were uh, the Zahora and Iron Altar. 
one yeah. and yeah. Siege as well. Yeah. Those, those two ones were big ones, you know, it's just gone. Yeah, Siege sucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it was Stone Jesus. It was maybe one that stung the most. Yeah, that, that definitely stung the most. That took me so fucking long to try and sort that all out. Like Stone Jesus was one of the very first bands I got into when I started listening to this kind of music and even getting to see them was like a massive fucking thing for me. Like I saw them in, in Antwerp in Belgium and it was mind-blowing just being in the same room as that band and then finally getting through to them and organ- like they'd never played Ireland at all mm. and spent months trying to sort out this fucking tour and had them headlining Crypt the Rift and everything. And oh yeah, that's right, the Crypt the Rift. Yeah. all had to... When was that scheduled for Jake? Was that June? June, yeah, end of June, I think mm. it was. So I can't even remember the date now, but yeah, it was just so fucking disheartening having putting that much effort in and then just having to pull the plug on it. And it wasn't even something that could be rescheduled a couple of months later. <laughs> Most of these things were being rescheduled for later in the year. But these guys are from Ukraine and they're trying to work. Yeah, of course, yeah. Into a UK tour, so it's going to be at least a year before they can think about doing something like that again. Yeah. So, come here. I just want to talk to you as well. Uh, give me some highlights. You, you, you went into, you went off on a tour to Europe. You were, you knew, were you not in Berlin, Jake, on holidays as well? Were you? Did I not see? Yeah, Greg. Yeah, were well. you there as well? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that talk to me about saying, that. I actually like. Um, me and my girlfriend were meant to be going this Friday again to Berlin and the flights cancelled can't go we were meant to be going this Friday shit some Fucking city isn't it broken man like you know that'll be the fourth time in six months I would have been gone like you know Jesus so yeah. what was the reception like you played in was it a small enough venue the venue was unbelievable it was this place called Toast Hawaii <laughs> which was kind of like a, sounds great like a underground kind of weird carnival like, like sleazy carnival style like thing macabre like sort of like all sort of like nearly like goosebumps sort of like a carnival okay. sort of it was like loads of weird things but then big like smoking rooms that were fully tiled and with like blue blue lights shining in it. it was just so bizarre and the other smoking room was this dark dingy thing with like a dentist chair in it with a, <laughs> with a little ashtray built into the dentist chair. Classic. It was fantastic. But there were smoking rooms that weren't actually smoking rooms because you could smoke anywhere in the venue anyway. So these, <laughs> these bizarre rooms that were covered in red light and dentist chairs could have been used for the whole thing. What bands were you playing with for, the, for those gigs? Were they all different bands? or? Yeah, they were all different. The first, first show was in... Uh, Ghent. Ghent. Ghent, yeah. Ghent in Belgium. Uh, it was a band called Welcome to Holy Land. Right. They were fucking really, really good. Um, they, we basically organized that gig directly through the venue, Kinky Star. And initially, like they usually just have one band playing. Electro Octopus had played there before, so Dale kind of knew the, the song guy and everything. And it's different for them because they can go up and play for an hour and a half and jam out and it's it's the kind of band that you could play by yourself all night but we weren't going to go out and play for an hour and a half on the first night of the tour so we needed a support and those guys just looked out for a, a doom band in the region and got those guys on board but it was, it was different every night we played with witch ritual in berlin uh dresden was morbus kinski and swan valley heights okay uh, where do we go next? 
kind of each in Poland. It was kind of like a small fest. Um, Fellowship of the Riff, or is it? Yeah, yeah. Fellowship of the Riff. Um, that was the guys in Poland and Czech Republic. Uh, they were like a promotions company called Galactic Smokehouse. And they're kind of based between Czech Republic and Poland. So they organized both shows. And the, the main guy in Hermopolis, who was the band that played in Poland, he also played okay. in the band called Cult of Endless Toil in Czech Republic. So those guys were so great. Like, yeah. I just met them randomly. They booked two shows in two different countries, gave us a place to stay, food, beer, money, like, Everything just worked out really, really well for us. Uh, Richard, let me tell you something. One of the coolest things, your guy Adam from, he was the Galactic Smokehouse guy that we stayed with on it, wasn't it? Yeah. He did one of the coolest things ever. So we did like a raffle for, what was it? Oh, yeah. Like one of our CDs or something. But what he had done is he had actually like gotten some of my lyrics and put them on the wristbands. No way. And so what he did was to like call the winner, he read out like a portion of like a lyrics. So what was what was the finale lyrics? I think they had like a little wax seal on them or something. Wax on them as well. So they were like, yeah, oh, it was incredible, man. He he took a song and took a line from each like verse of the song, and that was all the wristbands. So at the end of the night, they, they they said one of Greg's lyrics. That person came forward and they won like a few CDs and a T-shirt. I've never heard of that before. That's incredible. I think Jake came running up to me and said, wait, you hear this? I couldn't believe it. Like, uh, it's just one of the coolest, most fucking... That is some effort. Like, so sick. That'd be a nice uh, momentum. Did you get one of the wristbands at all, no? Uh, Test man forgot to. We were drinking like fucking 50 cents shots and snaps and stuff and like you know there was you you find out there were 50 cents and you're like oh and put your hand up if you want a shot 11 people in the room five yeah. year there or something man like yeah. fucking brilliant. we just didn't realize how cheap the beer was in the czech republic when we went over last year for brutal assault it was fucking mm. crazy yeah. like you just couldn't spend the money on the beer like. well, we didn't even lift money whenever we were in the czech republic we didn't know i did was- i made a mistake i left it i left it and then it was like <laughs> all this money and it means nothing I left a level of 40 pound to us and I think I spent 10. I was yeah. like, oh, I've got this 30 left. I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. In Ostrava, the the venue was kind of like a DIY job where like the guy who owned it had like all these weird paintings around and they were like pop out paintings where he had used like chicken wire and like fabric and stuff to create these 3D stuff. And it was like the works of a psychopath. That's actually what I was told. <laughs> That the guy was a fucking psychopath, but we encountered some of the strangest characters in that fucking building. Like, really? Like, my favorite was there was a guy that we came in and he was wearing no t shirt and short shorts right up. And he was possibly the most fucked up man I've seen in my life. The most drugged out person I've ever seen in my life. Collapsing over the place, falling asleep and all. And then we, the other first band played, we got on stage and I was setting my snare up and he came up to me and started like grabbing the, the snare that had been on stage, the house snare. And I was like, this guy's stealing this fucking snare. And then like, he kept gesturing for us. After a while, I was like, no one seems to have a problem with this. So I gave it to him. Yeah. He handed me a microphone. I looked at him and was like, you're the fucking sound man. He's like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Just ran back to the desk, Greg. I'm trying to. Yeah, this is the guy in the middle. Yeah, this is the guy in the middle, yes. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, that's him with clothes on. He was walking about bare. He was walking about top off, like, cut off denim shorts, like, 
Jesus. Oh, man. But you know the thing was, he came on stage at a point. <laughs> Mike, he was making up Jack's uh, cabinet, and he came on stage, and I saw him just take a big, deep breath and look at himself and go, okay. And in two seconds, he had mic'd up that, that stack and gone away and like fed the XLR through and got to his desk and plugged in and just slumped back. And I was like, Fuck me. So he was kind of half falling asleep as well. Yeah. Yeah. I had to show him where the sound desk was. Like he wasn't giving me, <laughs> he wasn't giving me any delay or reverb. Like he was I getting me fuck off. Language. I was like, delay, like uh, delay. He was had his phone light out, he was flashing it in his own face and wondering why he couldn't fucking see Jesus. that. I was like, round here somewhere. <laughs> my hero though. He's definitely my, my hero. hero is great. Man, that's mad. And had any other craziness along the way? You didn't have any trouble with gear or you didn't get robbed or anything like that? Everything went, or everything went yeah, really good? Around, a flat tire. Yeah. A flat tire? Yeah, okay. that, was, that was the worst we had was a, was a flat tire. Jesus, you oh, take here. that. We nearly fucking missed the airport. We, we went to the wrong oh, fucking airport. Yeah. We went oh, to the, Shit. We were flying from Belgium um, to Berlin. Like this, so we... Flew over, did, did the gig in Ghent, and then we did, got another flight to Berlin rather than drive it. And we were on the way to one of the big airports in Belgium. I don't remember the name of it, but we were on the way to the airport. On the way, there was there was two Brussels airports. Yeah. There, was, there was Brussels and oh, then Brussels International. Or something. Okay. So Jack like looked at his ticket and like I'm in the car, all of us sitting there. <laughs> Jack looks at his ticket, and we're five minutes from the airport, and Jack just goes, "We're going to the wrong fucking airport." And we were like, nah, very funny, Jack. That's hilarious. And then he looked back and he was like, no, like, I have sat for 15 minutes, like, triple checking this to make sure I don't get the wrong time. But we are going to the wrong airport. We'd rented a car and all from this airport we were going oh, to. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we'll drop this car off and we'll get a taxi. And then we started looking and we're like, like, that's going to get us there five minutes before our flight. We had the ring hurts, the ones we we. Uh, lent the car off and make sure that we could drop it off at the other airport. Oh, yeah. And okay. that, took, that took ages to make sure yeah. because we didn't want to drive to that airport, leave it there, and then incur a massive fucking charge. Yeah. As so we yeah. sitting on the fucking customer service, you're on a call here. <laughs> you know, you, you uh, we're just sitting there like, kind of the time, like we have an hour, and then deal just legally just like, floored it the whole way. On the autobahn, you can go as fast as yeah, you want. Well, we had the autobahn. He put the foot down and we we got there. As we got close, we were like, uh, like the time we got through security, like me and Greg both had bags to drop here. Like this this could be tight. Like we got there, I think it was like an hour to go. And we got mm. to security and like me and Greg got to check in first. We had to go check in the bags. I remember handing the girl our passports and she just turned around and stamped them. And I expected her to be like, right, you need to go through security, you need to hurry up. And she's just like, There you go, enjoy your flight. I'm like, Jesus. I just had the biggest sigh of relief. I was like, yeah, yeah. We made it. We got through security. We ended up having like 20 minutes to wait on the plane. And we were just like, I can't believe we made this. I'd say you were shook as well from the night before knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> Where were we coming from? Berlin? No, no. Ghent. We were coming from Ghent. We'd only played oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, uh, the problem was, if, we, if we'd have missed that flight, hit the whole like, I was looking, you were fucked. Yeah, the whole tour was yeah. fucked because to get, like, if we were going to drive to Berlin, first of all, you'd spend so much on fuel, extra car hire fee, and we wouldn't have got to Berlin in time for that gig, so that would have been fucked. So, and I was looking at other flights, and they were like, for all five of us, would have been about a thousand pounds. Jesus Christ, lads. That was serious, all so right. We were very, very lucky. Yeah, cool. I just want to talk to you next about the live stream you did. Whose idea was that? Jax, I think. 
Was it? I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Take the credit. Take the credit. <laughs> well done, Jake. Well done, Jake. Well done, Jake. Was was the the idea behind it? Was like asking yeah. my, my idea was just to get like a a, a phone and just do like just record it on the phone, do it kind of rough, and then I realised that we could set up the interface and mic up the room. So Dale's Dale and Brian probably gave their their knowledge to that. Mm of it and I meant instead of having we're just using my laptop for the video so it's pretty much what you're saying right now but the the audio like we had what three or four room mics yeah it was because we'd seen some other bands doing the same kind of thing and just putting like just setting a phone up and it sounded so muddy and you couldn't really hear bubbles and yeah. stuff but having everything mic'd up made a hell of a difference we didn't really know at the time but even listening back it's, it's better than we thought it was good. so i was watching it live as well and i thought it was an actual phone as well i didn't realize it was your laptop but i could see constantly looking at the screen but like even the feedback through all of us watching anyway it kind of reassured you that the sound was good wasn't it yeah it was great to have people like instantly telling us something has to go up or down like because mm. yeah. we obviously have no idea there's no way of knowing from our side yeah I think we'd done a slight test where like we'd set up in the room and like I'd went outside with my phone, they'd done a dummy live stream and just tried to get some sort of sound. Okay. Like, this is obviously not gonna be like an actual representation of what's gonna happen in here. Yeah, it's amazing how much you have to adapt now these days. I mean, you never would have thought of that before. No. No, like even like when we did it, we were like, that was actually a good bit of fun. Like we yeah. could make that a semi regular thing, like even like for this lockdown for a few weeks and stuff and then the full lockdown happened and now we're like like we can't even see each other like we can't do anything at the minute yeah i mean it got a great reception i think there was around six seven thousand watched it in the end which was incredible like lads yeah it definitely was like I, I didn't expect that many people to watch and then i kind of forgot that we could also share it later as like a like part of me thought that oh we'll do it live and you can only watch it during this so only so many people see it and then I forgot oh it's there like you can just share it later yeah people can watch it whenever so it was good to be able to share it even like a, a week or two later like anybody who missed it here's the full video yeah, yeah that's class someone beeped there <laughs> I have my window open <laughs> I'm right beside a big shop <laughs> let's talk about your videos you did um three was it in the end so far yeah. Can you remember? I, um, the the last one was Sleep and Joint, was it? Yeah, that was. It's basically this guy um, from Italy, I believe. Um, he's called Griffiths or Griffiths Visuals. This guy just takes old kind of stock footage from like Italian horror movies and mm. stuff, and has this kind of weird mirror effect. And he, he did fan videos for a long time. So initially, I think the first video he did for us was. Rogue Mystic a couple of years right, ago. Yeah. I, I just sent it to him and said, look, here's our music. If you have anything that could ha kind of fit into this, let us know. And I was approaching him like we were going to pay him to do this video. And within a couple of days, he sent it back and was like, oh no, like free of charge. I just do this for fun. So he's, he's made three of them for us now. The other um, one was Blue Dream Black Death. Blue yeah. Dream Black Death. So it's great to just have someone like that who is more than happy just kind of giving it a bash and i suppose because he's not actually creating the footage or anything himself he, he's literally just using like stock footage from old horror yeah. movies and stuff it's probably not entirely 
about board. <laughs> I was wondering that, like when I was watching it, because probably for kind of promotion wise as well, I would have kind of flirted around with looking at stock footage, you know, just to kind of promote maybe something like the gathering now, for example. I was looking at stock footage for that, thinking what'd well, be cool, but like it's a fucking treacherous world out there for copyrights, you know. I'm surprised there was no strikes on YouTube or anything for those videos. Yeah. Like what the, the video for Sentinel that I made, it was that's brilliant as well. Yeah, you did that actually. Yeah, just, fair fox. Yeah, it was, it was all just like stock footage of war because like we didn't really have, most most of the songs we or like, all of the songs we write, Greg has a a story behind it or there's, there's some kind of like visual imagery to go with it. Whereas Sentinel was we didn't have a theme. Mm. And because we used the theremin at the end and it kind of sounded like a an air raid siren, we thought well, okay, well just war can be the theme for this. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to find some stock footage that was completely free to use of old World War Two footage. And Vimo, is it? <laughs> That's my usual go to there was one website that I found that just had reams and reams of, yeah, of stock that, that footage. Yeah, seems really good, but like you have to subscribe for the year to get access to most of it, and it's about quite expensive. Is it? Okay. Yeah, like I, I think you pay for actual clips as well. Like I think you pay for you can like it can be up to nineteen ninety nine for like a clip of like an HD four K clip, you know, to make it look mm. really good. So you could end up spending maybe to compile your own clip. 300 pound yeah fuck it with, okay but you put obviously a couple of band shots in with it as well but mm. i'm sure with like everything on that access like you could get a really cool video sort of yeah like for for sentinel jake how long did that take overall like was it just um what, what were you using actually was it um just iMovie iMovie like, okay the only, the only thing i can use quite proficiently because it's so fucking simple and for something like that the only thing I had to do was like work with the levels because like some footage was a bit grainier than other footage. So everything was black and white for like uniformity. Mm. And then some of them I just had to kind of tinker with the contrast and stuff. But I think it was like a very long morning. I woke up with the idea and it was done by about two in the afternoon. Yeah. And the reaction Gal Gata got was incredible. That was uh, well worth, I, I presume you did have to spend money on that. Nope. That was a prize for Metal to the Masses last year. Final. We, um, Fuck me, lads. Brilliant. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, from Exposing Shadows from Kerry. That's from Kerry, yeah. I apparently guessed she's a talented girl. Very talented. Like, that was... The majority of that was shot over a day, wasn't it? In the forest. It was the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing was... Finished in a weekend. The whole thing was done Friday, and it was back to us on Monday. Yeah. Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, because we, we had like rough storyboards of what we wanted to do. The initial idea was to literally create a giant inverted cross <laughs> and, and, and just set the whole thing in fire and play in front of this burning inverted cross. That turned out to be logistically a nightmare. Stupid. Like, <laughs> it was never going to happen. <laughs> so, we had a rough idea of what we wanted to do, and I did like storyboards and stuff. And we kind of briefly explained that to Kerry, but like, she kind of took the reins when we were in the forest and I'm glad she did because she knew exactly. For those that don't, don't know, Kerry is um, Andy Clark's better half. <laughs> so she's done plenty of work with the crawling as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah. yeah so, like, so professional and like really had a, a proper vision for how it was going to turn out. Yeah. And when we got the first draft back, because she took all the footage and we didn't really say 
this is kind of how we want it to look. She just sent the first draft back and we were like, fucking hell, that is mm. exactly what we're after. Yeah, I love asking this because like a lot of a lot of bands do tend to record in woods. Did anybody come across you? Oh yeah. My friend, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, where I was set up, like where I'd set the kettle to play was literally in the middle of a road. So like people were walking up and down this path in the mountain. Like she come down a hill and onto the trees and people were coming up and down, walking their dogs and all. And I was just sitting there playing drums, but obviously like the path the way and to the right were just like expansive. There was just like a big line path. So the drums just carried the whole way up. So I'd play yes. the drums and then maybe half an hour, 40 minutes later, someone would walk past and be like, oh, I heard you playing the drums there. And I, like, I played that 40 minutes ago. I was like, yeah, I heard it at the top of the hill. And you're just like, fuck. <laughs> like I'm in the middle of the forest ruining people's dog walks. Because like, I think we did, did we shut that on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning? Mm. It was like a weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was morning, maybe. That was not morning, not being. Oh, I uh, it was like a Saturday morning. I think we did it. So like, we yeah. went for these lovely walks and all families out walking their dogs, and we're just in the middle of the forest. People dressed up, bashing drums, and getting on. Yeah, was it- there was one jogger guy who kind of like, I think he ran past, and then on his way back, he, did he not stop and say like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Are you doing? <laughs> he never stopped. They came up to me like over the drums because I like I stayed with the drums when they went in the forest to shit, and they just like. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> we were like, we were like, oh, I showed a music video, and he was like, what kind of music? And I was like, oh, it's metal. Yeah. And he, just, like, he just looked at me. <laughs> All right. And it's like, what did, <laughs> he wanted to get away as fast as possible. You were in uh, the robes as well, uh, Greg, weren't you? Was it Patricia oh, and yeah, April? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. Girls. yeah, go on. Yeah, so uh, that was pretty funny. But the, I think the funniest, the dodgiest thing was having the smoke bombs. Like, Dale got these, like, Smoke bombs, smoke bombs off Wish yeah. and they work fantastically yeah. like um really from Wish they arrived that morning like he ordered them like three or four weeks before this and they arrived the morning of Jesus. the video <laughs> but they were like it was kind of like a, a block of stuff that you just snapped off and lit up yeah it was like a firelighter or something yeah. it was this wee grey block but you kind of lit the corner of it and it just so much smoke come off it fucking hell how, yeah, how that great. got through customs these days, it's a yeah. miracle. <laughs> no yeah. I couldn't even order a fucking uh, laptop battery to Northern Ireland. Yeah, you don't. You can't get stuff like that. But if you're in Wish... We're fine. There's another one as well that's seriously dodgy. It's um, in China, Bango or something like that. Again, the stuff you can get at it is just... Oh, there's too many of them now. You know, and they they seem to make it to, to they seem to make it to the houses like yeah. Well, I, I've actually seen some really dodgy as well. So I've had a few glances through Wish, and I kind of know the tat that's on it. But there's other websites like making their own website, buying stuff off Wish, and putting the wee Photoshop finish on it, making it look better, <laughs> and selling it for like fucking twenty quid. The stuff they're getting for like three quid, and you can just go, that's shit off Wish that they're selling for fucking ten times as much. Yeah. Yeah, the website's getting away with it. You know, like because you order stuff online, it comes and it's shit, and then you go, that's what I get for ordering stuff online. And you laugh at yourself. You don't blame them. You blame yourself. I liked as well three bits of trivia about um, (laughs) the album. (laughs) The trivia trivia did not last long. Uh, Uh, Who was in control of that? Jack Wallace. (laughs) I was controlling it, but I was like feeding it off them because I couldn't think of fucking anything. Like, (laughs) not thing and the Dudley Brick House like naming a song after a manhole cover I thought was probably the best piece of trivia. Brilliant. I realise we're not that interesting. 
every time Jack asks for something, I just gave ridiculous answers that were obviously not safe for work. It's just like, here's a fact about Brian. He has 16 nipples. And Jack was like, all right, no, stop, Brian. <laughs> the comment from the official British Druid Order. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What that, the fuck? Like, can, can you explain <laughs> that? So cool. I, I thought it was like a just some guys because on YouTube you can obviously change your like your name to whatever, and it said like the official Druid Order of, of Britain or something. And sure enough, I looked it up and it's the exact same logo. And they got all these fucking videos, like instructional videos and history videos on the Druids and also. It was legitimate. I don't think there's never been more it. excitement in the band group chat than when Jack posted a screenshot of that comment. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Like, we made it, boys. We're not going yeah. any, any bigger than this. You got the secret handshakes now and everything. That's it. I've all been abducted. We all know. I'm going to give a shout out to Danielle, who does the Metal Cell Forums. Massive fan. I just saw as well another trivia with Pagan Dawn of Anubis. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was an ode to one of her favourite bands, Acid Bat. It is indeed. Uh, Another one as well that I actually thought about in the shower as well. Uh, before Acid Bath was called Acid Bath, they were called Golgotha. They were not. They were indeed. Fuck. Yeah, I didn't know so that. I believe, so, I, so I'm led to believe anyway. Man. From what I've read. Ever decreasing circles. Look what I'm wearing. Yeah, so. Shout out to Shane there. Um, if you haven't heard, I, I gave that. Or do you check them out, Jake? It's um, Dark Wave. I showed Greg as well and Dale. Oh, that's and fucking class. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, this guy doing it on his own. The only reason probably a lot of people would would get driven, we'll say, towards his site was that Kelvin has done two amazing bits of art for, for his two, for one for his EP and the second one for his latest release as well. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. So, I mean, it's unusual dark wave, but it's kind of relevant, you know? Yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting how you were able to push that through Metal Cell. Yeah. Like, there, there's no, there's no, there's no boundaries to like. I would class Dark Wave in among all metal genres for sure. Like, it's this exact same kind of dark imagery. It's the same kind of people who like it. Like, I know loads of people who are into metal who are also into that kind of music as well. Yeah, it's it's weird. Carpenter Brute, I suppose, did a lot for it. Yeah, and a few other bands. Um, but yeah, the I think yeah, the style, the, the thought process, everything that goes into it, it is, it is um, a distant cousin, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I love the track names on the album. I couldn't recall any off the top of my head, but I I love them. I thought they were great. Like I have this here. We might as well talk about this. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. look at that beauty. That actually ties back to another story you were saying about learning things off my shoulder. And we're saying about never complaining, like returning things from the internet. Jack had a nightmare with this, with these order things. We, uh, he, had, oh, fuck. he had ordered a thing of record sleeves, put them in for postage, and arrived all excited with Jack on Christmas morning. Goes open the box, it's on a box of fucking Lego. <laughs> <laughs> a box of Lego, there you go. He opens it thinking, oh, oh maybe I'll have the record sleeves inside this random box. Uh. Uh, three plus, like a wee toy tractor made of Lego. But they was like, how the fuck are we going to post vinyls right now? Classic. It was like a week before the, the vinyl actually arrived. And it was supposed to be 50 record mailers, like 12-inch sleeves. And 
this fucking like I ordered quite a lot of stuff at that time. The lockdown was like in full swing. I ordered some hand sanitizer from like some random site. So this box arrived and I don't know, it opened it up and there was a small box of Lego. Mm. It was like a like a dump truck, build your own dump truck Lego set. So I, I assumed that someone had put the hand sanitizer or something else I'd ordered into this box. So I opened it up and nope, it was fucking Lego. So I contacted oh the seller my God. and they replied saying, oh, so that's where it went. <laughs> I was like, what the what fuck? The, fuck? Like, the, the actual company was called like vinyl packaging or something on eBay. Like that's, that's pretty much what they were supposed to sell. Okay. I ended up with Lego, long story short, um, I appealed it because they started getting really ratty with me because I actually opened the box. And eBay concluded that I was in the wrong and we didn't get our money for what? it. What? Yep. So we lost the money on those fucking things and I Jesus. sent the Lego back at my own expense <laughs> as well. You? Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> I felt it first thing. I all fell up and then posted the bag. I was like, hey, go fuck you. You have built your Lego now. Oh, that's classic. Jesus Christ. The album itself, the vinyl, um, you got it done from a crowd in the UK. Was it somewhere in Wickham? Is it app? What's the name of the crowd? Hi, Wickham. Yeah, it was this company called Jupleon. Jupleon, that's right. Yeah. I, I basically had no idea where to go and searched about 20 or 30 websites and just literally made a list of who could do 250 copies for the cheapest price that seemed kind of decent. Mm-hmm. And these guys were the cheapest by around two or three hundred pounds. Jesus, okay. So initially I was kind of worried. I was like, why the fuck is it so much cheaper? Mm-hmm. But they had those testimonials and stuff on the website that all seemed pretty legit. And even all the, the template pages and stuff to put the artwork onto, it was all very legitimate. And I was like holding on to hope that it was going to be fine. And as soon as we got the test pressings, then I knew, okay, this is legit. We haven't just wasted all this money. So they arrived and then it took quite a while. They estimated it would be two months. We ordered at the end of February and, or was it the start of February? I think it was maybe the start of February. They arrived around the first week of April or something. So it wasn't too bad, but they did a fucking great job. They packaged them all really well. Sounds great. It looks great. Yep. So we we're happy with it. Yeah, I'd imagine someone was saying, I think it, would, it was Mick Carey from Zella Cult. They went to some crowd in was it fucking eastern european some eastern european crowd and they had a backlog of like something like six seven months of bands waiting for vinyl so i just thought it was interesting that you went with a uk company you know yeah like i I'd, honestly I'd, I'd asked a lot of people there were some people on my friends list in england that were kind of friends with people in vinyl press implants and even getting like a friends rate from some of them was still more expensive than these guys mm. so it was quite a big risk because i didn't know anybody who'd used them before yeah but now I, I would highly recommend them they were a very good price compared to nearly got 25 30 other places that i checked yeah. and of course they're all for sale now on your bank camp page what price are they now what price are they lads again 15, 15 quid. quid, yeah. Well worth it. Yeah. It's a bummer, obviously. You were hoping to shift the shitload through touring. Nothing we could do about that. Yeah. Were you able to move a few around the country anyway? Or is that... I, before all the all that shit kicked off, like we had the pre-orders up from late January, I think it was. Probably the last week of January. So there was a lot of people who pre-ordered before. 
So as soon as they arrived, we had quite a few to ship out. Yeah. And the, even that was complicated as well then, I'd imagine, with the lockdown, was it? It was only in the sense that yeah. at the time we weren't supposed to even and go to the post office. That wasn't considered essential. To, uh, so like in terms of actually posting the stuff, there was plenty of stuff we sent that arrived Just like two or three days later and was completely fine. I don't think there's been anything that's got lost or delayed or anything so far. Mm. But yeah, like the only downside is not being able to sell them at shows. But in terms of the internet, like this guy who runs Sound Effect Records in Athens in Greece, um, we've got like a mutual friend who turned us on to this guy. He basically is like a, a distributor from Greece who posts vinyl from bands to loads of big retailers across Europe. Okay. So we had worked out a deal with him that we would send over like 30 copies to start with and he was going to be supplying all these different retailers in Europe and he'd been in touch with them and they'd actually set a release date on their website so people could pre-order the vinyl and everything and it ended up being so late because of the delay in the vinyl reaching us and also because we tried to organize a career to pick the 30 vinyls up from my house post them to Grace we used two different careers um, first one didn't show up at all second one didn't show up at all what? and then eventually the third one that I booked they gave us a, a specific date they didn't show up on that date I, I contacted them in like a live chat thing they said they'll come in two days time if that's alright I was like right fine just fucking pick the things up and send them they arrived the next day and then it wasn't registered that it had actually been collected just oh. Basically, me sitting for fucking hours on live chat and emails with these useless bastards. Hermes, like, I, I find yeah, it like yeah. a funny thing that uh, we're trying to send them to Greece, and Hermes is the Greek god of fucking yeah. messaging, and he won't <laughs> fucking deliver them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was all the stress as well. <laughs> I thought I was just I was kicking the teeth out, like. But nothing's ever simple. Like, I, I'm telling you, what I'm taking from this is this man down the bottom corner is fucking stressing for all of you. <laughs> Merchandising wise, your t-shirts and everything like that are fucking super. I think yeah. there's probably one other band that's up there with you competing for the most merchandising out there. And you can, you pro- I'll give you a clue. They've played up in Belfast a few times. They're three piece. They're merchandising. They're T-shirts. They have a shitload of T-shirts. Like Come on. Grey Stag. Yay! Yeah, yeah, Free yeah. holiday for Greg in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, their stuff's class as well. Like, um, But, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Important to keep your T-shirts cool, you know. And again, he had shit with the T-shirt as well, didn't she? Um, Kieran stepped in for you. He did indeed, uh, yeah. I was. We, we have some fucking awful stories. I've just realised, like, <laughs> endless tale of woe. Does anybody else have this problem? I don't know. We, we some shit like this, man. <laughs> you signed your souls to the devil, lads. That's what happens, yeah. you know. <laughs> so the, from what I could gather, because I kind of came in late on it, was you you had an image that he used to promote a gig. Was that correct? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was this guy. We were doing a gig in Bangor. Um, this their kind of graphic designer who did all all the stuff for the bar. He created the poster, and it was just some real satanic looking <laughs> Baphomet candles, the whole whack. And 
I knew it wasn't him that did it to start with. I was like, there's no fucking way this guy like painted this or like drew this from scratch. Like, there's, there's just no way. So I contacted him because a few people had said, we'd really like to see this on like an Elder Druid shirt. And I contacted him and said, look, is like, is this yours? Can we use this? Like, what's the crack with this? And he was like, yeah, this, this is mine. Um, I'll send you the, the original files. I was like, sweet. This guy must have fucking actually did this. So he sent me the files and it was literally a Photoshop file. And at the very bottom, he had put the name of his like design studio in really tiny letters, like copyright underneath. Mm. And I was like, fuck, well, if you're going to do that kind of length, it must be legit. And then it was the, what we set the, set the pre-order up and the night before we actually put the order in, me and you were sitting, me and Greg were sitting in the house and I searched like you know, like the, 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 thing, that, the thing that Google. set it off is why he didn't ask us for any money for this amazing piece why he just yeah. gave it away without asking for anything in return you know like that's where the alarm bell is sort of came go on anyway so, so you were sitting in the house yourself and Greg yeah yeah we just searched we designed it then. like we're using the image like search by image on Google and it came up like fucking hundreds of results and it turned out to be this kind of famous artist from England and your man had just completely stole it so we had to cancel the pre-order. Jesus. I got into a big fucking argument with him. He, he was basically, he tried to say, um, I'm not an illustrator, I'm a designer. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? You put your, your, your logo on the bottom of a piece of art that wasn't yours and tried to pretend that it was. Like That's the long and short of it. And he, he was trying to argue his point. I blocked yeah. him, uh, took the pre-order down. And then a few people got in touch, like Kieran got in touch, Colin from Zora got in touch, and we kind of forgot about it and just kind of refunded the people who'd pre-ordered. And then Kieran messaged two or three weeks later and had the full design done, and we were like, fucking fair play. Yeah. So he came through really well, and I actually prefer his, to, to be honest. It wasn't, it's not too exaggerated, like your man's was. Yeah, that's Kieran from uh, Carosa, for those that don't know, and he, Obsidian Design as well, talented we dude, shout out. Yeah, um, actually, again, I fucking purchased it. There's only two left, lads. I got one of them. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're on today? Yeah, yeah that was me. Fuck's sake, lads. <laughs> I'll be accused of favoritism now at this stage. But I needed to talk to you because I haven't seen you um, since you played in Fred's last year. And then, of course, it was a small interview that we did um, for that um, World Metal Day anyway, you know. I just wanted to basically to acknowledge your fucking hard work and i know you've had a few setbacks but i mean that album surely to me is is like a fucking that's where where other bands now will have to fucking set their target for you know it's that good you know that's dale now kind of going lads can i get in on the conversation oh, yeah, 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 that's deal. yeah shout out to dale <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk to you briefly about Daniel as well. Uh, your sixth member. Daniel is a goddamn like. Yeah, what a dude. uh, I give him some amount of abuse in the fam. Like every gig we go to, he's like, "Let's go, Elder Druid, going on stage." Like, "I, Daniel, you're not an Elder Druid." Like, I just give him some abuse, but like he has saved our lives on countless occasions. Comes to gigs, like my times, we've had things like. Mikey, Mikey recently got married there and fucking uh, able to do a lot of gigs. Like, he had like a honeymoon plan, so he had like a lot of uh, holidays used up in work and stuff. So it's like every gig wasn't a possibility, and we were like, 
Irish. I believe a long time. I'm like, we're going to find something here. And then Dan had filled in a few times. And then I think last year, I ended up doing a lot with Daniel. Like, a lot of guys with Daniel. Like, he did a few tours and stuff. And just, like, he's, like, as much as we talk about God alone, where Daniel's also a musically really talented mm. dude. So, like, he's able to just leap in and play this stuff. Like, no problem at all. Yeah. On both bass and guitar as well. Like he, he knows all the songs of bass, all the songs of guitar. And it took like maybe a couple of jams with him. He, he sat at home and just listened yeah. to all the stuff and figured it all out. And like we gave him so much stick, he gets serious abuse. And like we, we kind of added him into the, the band member list on the Elder Drew page. And that was like a, a big moment for him, like finally getting accepted into the fold. But to, to give him credit, like he, he, he does deserve it. Like he, he's a very important cog in the Elder Drew wheel. Yeah. I mean, he added backing vocals as well, wasn't it? For for one of the songs. Yeah. Peg and Dawn of Anubis, he, he did like what, one, one verse at the end, was it? Yeah. Another bit of trivia there for you. You missed out on that one, of course. (laughs) (laughs) He's well known across the whole Northern Ireland scene. Um, Who was I talking to? Would it have been Survivalist that would have worked with him? Or Heel of Achilles? I can't remember. Heel of Achilles would probably know him a bit better. Yeah, I'd say they'd probably gig with him before. Yeah, it was probably Heel of Achilles. He had a band called Tarship, still kind of kicking about. haven't played very many shows recently, but sort of like progressive hardcore mm. and then he's in a three-piece punk band called bellwood who are doing very well for themselves as well yeah. he's a trooper he he's fucking loves music and is very good at it as well yeah 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 it was um it was brilliant bar lessons and stuff as well at the minute oh sorry that's dale sorry guys dale's trying to get into the chat here jesus so he's tell him tell him he's ruined the interview <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go, man. There's another thing, Jake. You know, it's just bad luck thing is following you around, man. Fuck's sake. (laughs) You've gone mental on records on vinyl, Jake. What the hell? Did you get um, a record player lately and you just... No, I've had one for a few years, but I moved in a new house with my girlfriend in January and got a really nice sideboard that came with the house. And uh, I realized that the, the little cupboards are exactly the right size for vinyl. So basically, I've been on a mission to completely fill okay. the cupboard. And it is completely full now. Like I, I can't put any more in. So I haven't been buying very much recently. But and initially, I just wanted to buy stuff that was kind of a little bit abstract and a little bit different. Like It's quite a big mix of stuff. Mm. It was like records like Dark Side of the Moon or like the Zeppelin. I kind of wanted to avoid buying that kind of stuff. And, and, try and find all these wee special records. So it started off like that and then it got kind of out of control once lockdown kicked in there and I had fuck all to do except sit on eBay and buy stuff. And what about G? Um, what are you listening to at the, at the moment actually? Greg, have you, have you listened to any of the Irish acts at the moment or are you just kind of... Uh, yeah, well, I had. I've just been... On my walks, I have my headphones on. I had Ten Ton Slug on there the other day, like just listening to their back catalogue and stuff as well. Zora's Mortals and Liam Hughes from Sister brought out like a, I don't know, he has like a new project called Mer- Mercurial. I was listening to his stuff. If okay. you haven't checked okay. it out, it's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's on Bandcamp or anything. It's, oh, it's on Bandcamp under 
a record company's name, but it's pretty cool. And what um, kind of style of music is that, Greg? It's like uh, it's not what you would expect, but it's got his <clears throat> it's got his vocals. It's completely composed by himself, but it would kind of be like what your guy um, it does go golf with. He's trying to okay. like, I think he's trying to, it's like a solo thing. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was listening to the the new Dope Smoker album, Jay. I haven't, no. 2020, it's called uh, Demon Tools. Class. Is it still the same as every other thing? That we <laughs> They've changed it a wee bit, but um, this band is famous for recycling their old tracks, but like mashing it up and then just putting it in as a new album so it's like a continuum but it never ever changes or derives from what it like still great their description like basically the first time we came across them their album cover is just like zoomed in buds like wade buds very high quality zoomed in picture and they're called dope smoker and the description was we're a band from south wales who likes to smoke dope and surf and we were just so attracted to that idea and <laughs> All the, like, they kind of they rip off like um, like Nirvana and Ozzy Osbourne basically like like vocal wise there's like little Kurt Cobain nuances little Ozzy nuances and then they just have pretty much the same riff in every <laughs> single song. <laughs> so I have lots of criticism for it, but I fucking love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Brian? Yeah, actually, um, yeah, well, Greg mentioned Zola. Like I'm grabbing the boys. Hey, hey. savage release. Uh, yeah, I love all their stuff, like, and it helps that they're just such nice dudes. Mm. Um, shout out to Tom, actually. I think I saw the inbox recently. He's when we get married. But, that's right. Yeah, he's getting the way. But um, yeah, no, like that isn't them. I actually went back recently. We had a, I think we got chatted. We had Andy with us from Moorbear. Um, yeah, I'm actually representing Moorbear. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wonder you were wearing the day. Cool. Nice one. Uh, I went back, going back and listened to Storkmord their release um, again recently, just because I love that album. Like, I think it's great. Um, Fantastic. Two years ago, it was released today, wasn't it? I seen eighty posts. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Jesus. No, I've been that as well. It's it's a phenomenal album. Just like something about it really appeals to me. So I've been doing that a lot. Um, and yeah, I've also been listening to Anton Slug again. Like that's my that's my Shar song, Slug Grinder. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. I'm blasting this war in my face and just living here for a while. Doing the hair to the slug. That's it, like. I'd be delighted to hear that. Jake, what about you? Um, I, to be honest, I haven't been listening to very much local stuff. Uh, I've kind of fell in love with Emma Ruth Rondell recently. Been listening to loads of her stuff. Um, she's two albums called uh, Mark for Death" and "On Dark Horses," mm. and it's just the, it's kind of like dark folk stuff, really dreamy, hypnotic, reverb-soaked goodness. First time I came across her, she did the, the skate park party at Roadburn. I wasn't there, but I saw the videos okay. of it. It was her and Thou, and they did like a full Misfits set and like covered those Misfits songs. Jesus. It's a really Jesus. fucking awesome video. Go check it out. It's on, like at the skate park at Roadburn, and they're just crowd surfing. And I thought she was kind of, from that video, I thought her music was going to be totally different. But it's like really fucking super dark like she talks about all these real depressing parts of her life and it's just dark folk that's the best way to describe yeah. it really really class stuff and like are you thinking about writing any new stuff or are you just fucking trying to write this through 
thinking about it is it's just so difficult to try and do like our, our, our formula for writing any kind of music is guitar riff is taken to the room jam out okay. and it goes from there so it's hard to kind of develop anything without the rest of the band like there's plenty of riffs i've been sitting writing but it, it can never be taken to the next stage without everybody actually being there it's only a kind of a concept in my head until we actually flesh it out yeah, yeah I, I haven't been so bad with the writing like it's, it's weird some mornings i'll just wake up and i'll go oh shit what i wrote last night and the last thing i wrote was like coronavirus lockdown inspired which i'm sure so many other lyricists or writers yeah. are doing it well, well, and I d like i don't want it to be like cheesy and similar it's full of metaphors and it's actually fucking stinkingly good i'm really pleased with it like <laughs> um but i don't want it to like it, that will be i would love to use those lyrics for or sort of out of lockdown song, but I don't want it to be like, I don't want that to be the heart and crux of it. I want it to be something just filthy and nasty from out, but like, mm. yeah. Um, about, yeah, I mean, can you see, like for Elder Druid as a band, can you get, can he get darker or are you gonna maintain what you have at the moment? Or what, uh, have you any in, impressions so far? Um, Personally, I think I like the direction of using like Fender Rhodes and Synth. Yeah. The kind of like we kind of experimented a little bit with it on the Carmina Satana album in uh, Blue Dream, Black Death, and Tempest. I think was the two songs we had some synth on, and then getting to do Sentinel and having Dale do quite a lot of Fender Rhodes and Theremin. I think there's a lot, a lot of darker material you can create through the medium of other instruments. I, I think we can create a lot more ambience metal. with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, it can be yeah. a lot more. A lot of it is like, we're not consciously going down a path of being like, all right, we want to make something a bit darker and a bit more synth infused or whatever. But like, when we do stuff, we're just kind of like, we go into the room, as Jack says, and we bash something out. Mm. And it, it just kind of captures whatever that moment is when we do it. We're just like, this is, the song is like that ex exact moment and then it becomes a thing from that so it's not like we'd never sit down and have like a conscious chat being like oh let's play something really dark and then we'll get this synth in here it's like always just kind of naturally progresses from what we start with yeah yeah i just wonder like kind of i suppose where you are at the moment and the reception you got with the album you know are you going to stay safe and not change too much with the next I doubt that. Like, uh, I don't think we, we, we don't really like. Stay He's got pink hair now. We just fucking like we have so much fun playing together that we're like, yeah, like this this is classic. It's a therapeutic thing as well. And we're just like fucking we'll play together, and if things change, they change. Like we're not consciously we're not going to try and grasp or something. Like and be like, oh, we need this, this to sound like Golgotha more. We're just going to be like, oh, we wrote this new song. It's riffs. It's class. Let's play that song. Yeah. We're not very argumentative. We kind of have each other's back and whatever we want, like, and we all adapt and fit to work with whoever else's idea. Mm. And yeah, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Let's argue about it right now. Let's <laughs> 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 No, I can see that this has, um, these few months, I suppose, has set you back writing wise, all right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, gig-wise, I think you have, what have you lined up? I have a few 
notes here. I don't know anymore. You've, you've, <laughs> there's a Conan, Elder Jude, and Grief Eater. That's in August the 2nd. I don't know. Will that go ahead? No. I, I sincerely doubt it now because um, because Monolith got rescheduled. Uh, Conan were basically doing the three dates over here, uh, Belfast, Cork, and Dublin. And it was all based around Con asking them to play Monolith. Okay. So if that's rescheduled 2021, I really doubt. Like Belfast and Dublin hasn't been officially cancelled yet, but I sincerely doubt they'll come over and play yeah. Belfast, then have a day off from play Dublin, especially so soon. So honestly, I, I, I don't think there'll be anything. Well, at the minute, there's nothing till Iron Mountain probably next year. Like I don't think there's anything else. Well, it depends how quick the lockdown. Yeah, goes. as Evan said as well, like he he was correct. Um, Evan from Warren Audi said, like, what's going to happen now? As soon as this is lifted, there's just going to be an avalanche of bands all trying to. There'll be double bookings and all. He was saying, and he's probably right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, like every band under the sun, the minute is dying <laughs> like eggs. Like yeah. sometimes, sometimes with gigs, yeah, bit burn out. You do a lot in a row, and you're sort of like. This is that's another gig, but like now that we sat here for a couple of months with no gigs, and we're just like, just let me play. Like all I want to do is like I'll play to two people for a free beer. Like I don't care. Let me <laughs> yeah, can you imagine social distancing in Fred's? <laughs> Jesus, no. And um, are the voodoo fundraising at the moment? Yeah, I think it's like a. Like a nationwide, uh, I can't remember what it's called, it's Save Our Venues or, or something like that. Mm. But yeah, everybody's kind of individually fundraising, especially Voodoo. Um, like Daniel and Dale both work there. Okay. And obviously it's like our home turf for all the gigs we play. So it holds a special place in all of our hearts and we really hope it's going to survive all this shit. Yeah. If it doesn't, Belfast fucked. <laughs> yeah, Belfast is so far there was nowhere for us to play Voodoo Clubs. And I haven't been to Limelight. Is that another viable option? Not really an option because of the early early nights. Uh they have a club night on most Fridays really and Saturdays, so you have to be wrapped up by nine so you can get all the fucking dancers in. Uh, it's so okay. annoying. So you're you're opening your doors at six o'clock and nobody's even out of work yet. Hmm. So I, no. It doesn't appeal to me. No, no. Yeah, I like the big stage and I like the big fancy lights and all that jazz and their sound system's good. But like playing Limelight 2, the, first, the only time we played that, I really enjoyed it. But it's not worth it's not worth the time slot. Yeah. It doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Cool. Voodoo's a lot more central as well. Like it, it, It's just known as a rock and metal bar. Limelight is known as a club that has the occasional metal gig. Okay. Like, it's just a bigger venue. Like most of the big metal bands who play Limelight is only because Voodoo doesn't have the capacity to hold that many people. It's not because it's like a, a well known rock or metal venue. It's just kind of a backup for bigger bands. Yeah. Voodoo is like the real heart of that kind of music in Belfast. Well, put it this way in my opinion, I'd rather see you in Belfast again rather than see you in Cork. But just that's me being selfish. <laughs> and preferably the voodoo so I can get my cocktails as well in. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, lads, thanks a million for coming on the show. Massive fan, as you, you all know anyway. And I'm glad to see that you're all safe and well. And hopefully we'll get through this in June, July, and we can hopefully see jamming together again and getting new material out there. Yeah, 
Okay, lads, you've been listening to Elder Druid. Uh, thanks a million, lads, for coming on the show.